is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. My name is Eddie Hopper and I'm delighted to welcome to the show tonight one of the leading national hunt jockeys in the country today, Mr Tom Scudamore. Well, good evening Tom. Thank you first of all for joining us on Three Valleys Radio on the In Conversation programme. Um, I suppose the inevitable question, and I expect everybody starts their interviews with you with this one, is it was inevitable that you were going to be a jockey. Um, well, I suppose it was really. Um, although my grandmother um, would disagree, she'd have thought it was highly. You know, she she tried to make it very much inevitable that I'd become a jockey, the way she fed me. But um, <laughs> no, it was uh, being being brought up in and around horses and and, and the industry. Um, but whether I was a jockey or something else uh, within the industry, um, I suppose you know, it was it was always going to happen. Yeah. Now you were born in 1982. You know what? What can you remember of your grandfather Michael? First of all, because he won the Grand National, of course, in 1959. What? What can you yeah, remember uh, of him? I can remember an awful lot. Um, we were lucky that Granddad I think, retired from training around 1993, 93 or 94. Um, so he came to live up in the Cotswolds. So I brought I was brought up in the Cotswolds, mm-hmm. and uh, from about I think I, 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 I don't know the exact date, but I think about 1988 or 89. Uh, my father Peter and Nigel Twist and Davis went into business together. Uh, so they you know, they, they uh, had a farm uh, up in the Cotswolds, which at the time Nigel just had a permit, um, and the plan was that Nigel was going to carry on farming, and that Dad was going to eventually train from there. Yeah. Um, and things rather took off for Nigel, and so by the time Dad came to retire, there were already about a hundred horses in training. So. Um, so they sort of went into they, they they sort of carried on as a as a business together. So Granddad retired from training about ninety three or ninety four, um, moved up to the Cotswolds um, with Granny, and uh, so yeah, so you know, a large part of my childhood um, was brought up in and around you know, my grandfather Michael and, and grandmother Mary, who who lived next door. So that was that was really really special that um, I got to spend so so long with them. And can you remember sort of, you know, when you first got put on a horse and, you know, showed any inclination? I can't remember. I can remember all my ponies, but I can't remember the first time I ever rode. Um, It would have been before I was walking. As as long as I can remember, there were always, I always had a pony. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I can't remember the first time I was put on a horse. I, mean, I remember things have, you know, been very, very lucky. And I remember being, uh, I remember being put on Bonanza Boy. He was a very good horse that Dad rode and was sitting on him. Um, I suppose I'd have been about eight years old at the mm. time. Um, so I, rem- I remember things like that being put on certain horses you know, for a picture or something. Um, but I, I can't like, say from as early as I can remember, um, my boy's been on on the back of a horse or pony. Did you have any any fear of horses in the context of not so much? Yeah, com- complete. I was I was useless until I was about twelve. Uh, utterly, yeah. I was, um, you know, I wasn't afraid of being around them, but I I, I wasn't a particularly accomplished rider till I was about twelve, and then it, it suddenly clicked. I mean, show jumping and things I wasn't particularly good at, and yeah, I wouldn't have been um, the bravest. And then I got a really good pony about the age of twelve. Um, a little pony called Sparky, who actually uh, Harry Skelton had after me, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, he 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 really he he completely turned my riding around. So from I think I was about eleven, yeah, but eleven I think I was just four hours twelve, so I was eleven, uh, and I went from riding you know ponies and, and and things not very successfully to having to having Sparky, and then within within weeks I was off riding racehorses here, there, and everywhere. So he he really turned it around. Did you name Sparky after Sparky? <laughs> no, he was already he was he was already called Sparky when he arrived. So um, yeah, he was he, he was a wonderful he was a wonderful little pony. Absolutely nuts. Uh, yeah. Probably frightened their parents to death, but he was he he was wonderful. He, he he took the fear out of me. No, I was referring to Mark Hughes. That's what that was the. the, the oh right, the, okay, yeah, no, because I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. He yeah. might have been named after Sparky. I don't know where he came from. I don't know whether they were. Manchester United supporters, or, 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 mm. uh, or, or, or Welsh uh, owners, but um, yeah. I don't know if he was named after Marquis. So um, you had these ponies. Did you did you participate in any pony riding, racing? Uh, no, uh, because uh, it was only in Ireland when I was growing up. The pony racing, I don't think pony racing started at about two thousand and six or seven so it's only really the generation coming through now sam twist davis had a little bit of it um but like that's of harry cobden tom mark one um and those riding now they, they did a lot of pony racing um mm. but it was unfortunately I, I missed that boat in in ireland um it's been going on forever um but here um no there was no uh, there was no official pony racing although uh, look me and my brothers used to race me and my brother used to race our ponies everywhere, up Nigel's gallops and up and over the school and fences and things. So yeah. um, they were unofficial races everywhere when we were doing it. <laughs> Certainly, it must have helped you though, in you know, in terms of adapting and, and getting well, basically polishing your skills. I suppose would be the best way to describe it. Uh, yeah, I, I, looking back, it, it did. At the time, we were both just fiercely competitive, and um, we would try and race and compete whatever we did, whether it was. Kicking a football, kicking a rugby ball, um, you know, all, all the all the activities we could do, um, we grasped. But you know, majority of the time, yeah, we were we were on the back of the pony, and so we, you know, looking back, myself and Michael had an idyllic childhood. We would go off for hours just on our ponies, and um, yeah, we were we were very very lucky. Must have been a great childhood, I should think, just being able to go off. On it your was. Pony, it was yeah. very very looking back. It was it was very special. Um, we were in a lovely area, a lovely part of the world, and yeah. Yeah, we, we were able to go off and um, you know, looking back, 
we go off. I'd say we go off with sandwiches, but we didn't. <laughs> mum, mum would never feed us. If we asked Granny, she might make us make yeah. us a sandwich. But um, yeah, we go off in, into the woods and make our own little courses up around there. And um, it would always come back that we'd have a race up the gallops and then um, up over the schooling fences and things. Um, I just hope that we didn't get caught. Time for the first of Tom's musical choices, and we're looking at uh, Bruce Springsteen and Bobby Jean. Yeah. 
Bruce Springsteen there, the boss, and Bobby Jean. Is that a junior Scudamore I can hear in the background? That's a, yeah, this is, that's little Ava in the background. So I've got two older girls and little Ava, who uh, is very talkative tonight. That's all right. Um, <laughs> she knows you're on the radio, so she obviously wants a piece of yeah, action, exactly, doesn't she? Exactly. So that's what it was. So she's not screaming. That's the main thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, but at this at this point in time, obviously, your father. I, I presume, would he have been in his peak then, or at least, uh, you know, making a name um, for himself? No, he, he'd, he'd finished. By the time uh, myself and Michael were, were really riding, um, he'd finished. I remember very vividly um, him riding, but I think he retired in 93, so... Oh, did he? Yeah, he did retire. Yeah, yeah. 90, uh, 93, so I would have been coming up to 11, so I was 10 years old when he retired. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember it all very vividly, from about 1998 onwards, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no, he, we, were, we were we were very aware of what both 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 dad and, and granddad achieved, and um, you know, extremely proud. I was going to say that must have you know must be go go to school. Huh? Well, my dad's Peter Scudamore, and he's a brilliant jockey. You know, I mean that must be something quite uh, quite yeah. Unique, it, really. it, it was very, but it was it was more um, internal pride because um, to be honest, where where we were, um, you know, all my mates at school and stuff. You know, if, if I was Mike Teague's son, who played, who was in the back row for Gloucester, um, that might have meant something. But they, they you know, that it, it didn't really mean anything, anything to them. Um, there were a couple of mates that, that like that eventually like they're racing and things through. But but growing up, um, you know, I, I don't think I. Uh, or even though I might have might have tried to impress them, um, I think the fact that you know if I went to school with anybody whose whose dads or relatives played for Gloucester, um, that would trump anything. Brilliant, right? Okay, so you're very much a rugby <laughs> man then, were you? Well, where I grew up, as they just in and around the Gloucester area, um, yeah, rugby rug, rugby took priority over everything growing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I've already already done one of these with your father a few oh, quite a while ago now. I expect it was, but um, you know, from 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 setting up business with with um, Nigel Tristan Davis and ended up in in Scotland. Uh, it's a long way between the two uh, operations. Yeah, isn't it? it is. It is. Via, and he went went via uh, yeah via, via Hereford as well. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's seen plenty of plenty of the UK. So. Um, You've been riding here. It says I've got, I've got a, a Wikipedia page on you, so this is where I'm getting uh, getting yeah, all don't, the information. Don't believe everything in Wikipedia. No, I know. I've learnt that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> learnt that long ago. But um, you uh, you went to Ch Cheltenham College Junior School and then Cheltenham College. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's correct. And you began riding whilst at Cheltenham College, and there was always an educational yep. background. You you got two A levels. Well done. Yeah, two A levels and all got all my GCSEs. Um, but that was something Mum was was very, you know, um, very pro on. And now with my eldest being just about to turn sixteen in September, um, something that that, that I, I I now agree with, although didn't at the time that um, that you know you when doing the living that I I do and 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 seeing what what Dad and and Granddad went through. Um, yeah, you know, you, you, you need to have some backup. You know, you, we, we've been very blessed so far, but, you know, my grandfather, his uh, career ended uh, when he was 34 with a very bad fall. Um, you know, it could have ended at 19 for him. So um, we were all, you know, both my father and I, um, 
you know, although we obviously extremely supported and 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 uh, allowed to develop our riding skills by going off and, and working in the summer holidays or any holiday we could to go and go to the racing yards, um, it was very very clear that we would have to both complete our education. Um, yeah, you know, before before we even thought about becoming a jockey, because you know, as I say, it's it's uh, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are, you you get a knock in the wrong place, and um, mm. you know, the doctor tells you you've got to start something else. So, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I was very fortunate at the time. When I was 16 years old. All I wanted to do was leave school, <laughs> but um, it was yeah, it, 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 I'm I'm very pleased um, that I didn't. What were the two A levels you got then? Just to have interest. Uh, English and business studies. Oh, well. Again, they were yeah. they, they were for a reason. Uh, English, hopefully, to go into journalism at some point, and business studies, in the hope that I might be able to run something. Yeah. Um, but I'm afraid now they're both so long ago. I can't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I was again. I was I was very lucky at school in the respect that so mum mum that was the. the, the from from mum making sure I, I stayed and did my A levels, um, but the school were very accommodating and uh, and you know, two teachers in particular, uh, a man called Martin Stovall who sadly passed away about ten years ago, and a man called Chris Haslam, um, both moved absolute mountains in order to make it happen. So um, whatever I've achieved in life, um, they you know, I, I owe an awful lot of uh, debt and gratitude to both of them. Now it says here you were five foot eight tall, nine stone twelve pounds. And your yeah, first... I would, again, wouldn't wouldn't believe wouldn't believe all all in in that. I'm what you were heavier, seven, we? <laughs> unfortunately. I'm five foot seven, and and I, and when it was written, I was probably nine twelve. No, I, my weight's very good. I, I would be yeah. around ten stone. Yeah. Um, uh, but I know, unfortunately, I, I haven't. Re, re, I'm not quite at the dizzy heights of five foot eight. I'm just below it. <laughs> well, we'll let you off then. But um, your <laughs> your first win though was on the flat, which I didn't I didn't know until I read this at Warwick. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it was a horse called Nordic Breeze on the flat. Actually, I, I finished second, but I got awarded the race in a technicality. The, oh, well. the winning jockey was an imposter. Oh. Um, he, he'd actually ridden lots of horses in America and, and, uh, and came over to the UK um, pretending to be somebody else. And um, he, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was getting out of America for a, re <laughs> for a reason. So anyway, about six months after I finished second to him, he lost a load of races because he had to be deported back to America oh, right. <laughs> under his real name. So, um, yeah, that was that was that was a interesting that was a story little story. That is. Dick Francis novel. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? But um, so, I mean, at that point, were you riding flat all the time, or were you riding flat and jumps? No, I was. I was so uh, I just rode as an amateur on the flat. Um, unfortunately, I was too always going to be too heavy to ride on the flat. I'd have loved to have ride on the flat financially yeah. um although you know my, my heart would have, would have always wanted to go jumping um but now I, I was too heavy to ride on the flat but I, mm. I did i did have a few goes and i had a you know i was, had a lot of winners on the flat and um actually i was looking at a race the other day you know myself ryan moore and davy russell all, all rode one day at goodwood and, and things so we all we all went on different career paths but yeah. um, it's something i'm very proud of and your first steeplechase win was on young thruster Good title, yeah. Newt, uh, and yeah, Newt Newt, Newton Abbott, yeah, yeah. That's that's correct. That was a, that was a good day. So that was over hurdles. That was my first one over hurdles. Not long after, um, I'd had a couple of goes on the flat, and um, no, I remember that being a, being a special day. That you know, all all um, my mum and dad were both down there. Took a day. I remember taking a day off school, and um, yeah, feeling feeling coming home feeling like a real jockey. Time for some more music now, and this time we've got High Flying Bird from Elton John.
John there and High Flying Bird. Come on, Ava, now's your time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, can you remember the feeling, you know, that first winner, official proper winner, no no imposters on this one, this was this was all down to you. Did it, you know, did it sort of last long in the memory? Um, this is going to sound, but no, not really, because um, I enjoyed it and, it, and and obviously, I, can't, I can remember, I can remember a lot about the race and I remember bits of it but i remember passing the line thinking that's marvelous i'd like to ride another one mm. um if i'm honest and um and that's the thing that's the the joy of, of riding when it, it, it 
you know the, the feeling you get as you go past the line um it, it is phenomenal but three strides out you know three strides after you pass the line you think I'd, I'd like to go and do that again and actually it's the you know the, the thrill of it is 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 in that moment where you're thinking crikey I'm, I, I can win from here that's that's the that's the joy and they say as soon as you pass the line you want to ride the next one and then you know without wishing to be um too presumptuous that's when i when i passed the line in young thrust i remember thinking brilliant delighted um i think gave a pat down the shoulder and you know he was just hoping on, on being able to ride another one but i was fully aware that i'd probably have to wait a few weeks before, <laughs> before i get the opportunity at that stage now it says here you were british amateur champion jockey in 2001 and you rode in your yep. first grand national that year on northern yep, starlight yep, what was that yep. like then as an amateur um I remember it being very exciting. I'm probably a bit overawed by the whole thing. I remember the build-up to it being very exciting. And obviously, um, with dad and granddad, you know, I was the youngest jockey in the race. I was 18 when I rode my first national. So, um, you know, you, you, you got a bit of coverage going into it. And it probably wasn't a great thing in that respect because um, you, you end, I end up getting, I suppose, I felt a little bit overawed by it. Um, just remember the excitement of it. You know, was 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 phenomenal, but I think on on that occasion I definitely rode the occasion rather than the race, as it were. Um, we only got as far as Beaches Brook the first time um, when my saddle slipped and I fell off him. Um, but there was a I don't think I'd have got much further because a lot of horses were brought down by a loose horse about two fences afterwards. And I was around all of them, so um, I remember that being very very disappointing. Um, but yeah, I remember being you know extremely excited um, and. You know, it was something that I've always, you know, growing up, dreamt of, of being part of. Um, and then, you know, you, you, when, once you start getting going, not only do you dream of, of being part of it, you, you, you put yourself in a position that you, you expect to be part of it. But, but jumping ahead, we'll, we'll come back in a second, but jumping ahead, just on, on the Grand National, you, you've obviously ridden in it a few times now, haven't you? Yeah, I think I've, I've ridden in it. 19 times, I think, 19 yeah. or 20 times, so a lot of times. Um, What's the yeah, closest it was, it was, you got? Uh, sixth on Vierly on Rouge. Right. I'd like to get a bit closer. I've been in contention a few times coming yeah. coming to the second last, but but not in contention where it really matters, unfortunately. Hmm. But um, going back, so in, in, in October 2001, you, you then went professional, and you had yep. your first professional race at Chepstow on Belle de Jean de, de Anjou. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then, well, then they started, didn't they? Because I've got this list of winners that you've got here. I mean, six, uh, ten winners at Cheltenham, and some other major winners here, including the King George, the Long Walk Hurdle, the Quarto Star, Norwich Chase. They go on. The list goes on. You know. Um, how did you find? You know, I mean, so you're you're a fully blown jockey now, and you're you know you're you're riding at all the, all the meetings. How did you sort of adapt to it to get to the point where you you felt you know one hundred percent confident? You knew what you were doing. You were at the top of your profession. You know when did that come along? Was it was it soon after you got started? No, it took a bit of time, I suppose, after I got started that it really started to flow. Um, between I lost my claim in two thousand and one, and I wasn't. I don't think I rode fifty winners till about two thousand and six. So. I, I was I wasn't quite at the level that I was hoping to be, or well, hoping is the wrong word, where I expected to be. Mm. Um, but I was still very young, so I think so. You know, I lost my claim. I think I was eighteen or nineteen, and I lost my claim. Yeah. 
which means you know, you're suddenly a totally fledged professional jockey at that stage. And I didn't really get going properly up until the till I was 24 or 25. So those they wouldn't call them wilderness years, but I, I wasn't you know I, I wasn't although I was riding against the likes of Tony McCoy and Richard Johnson and that I wasn't really competing against them. It wasn't until say I was 24, 25 that, that changed a bit. Um, and again, you know, when you get into that position, it, it's hard to sit down and say, oh, you, will you ever really think, crikey, you know, this is the level I'm at. You just, you know, yeah, it, it's where you want to be. And, and, and if you work hard enough, it's where you expect to be. So yeah. um, there was never a moment where I had to pinch myself or think, crikey, this is what I'm doing. It, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Um, and it's something that I was expected of myself to do. So, um yeah, it's it, it's a you know, that that that's be, as far as I was concerned. In my head, if I worked hard enough, it was always going to happen. Um, and did the, did did you get any extra pressure because of your dad and your granddad? No. Um, again, look, it, it's an obvious question, um, but I'm never in competition against them. No. And again, going back to the, the, the childhood, I suppose that whatever I did on a pony. Um, I was always introduced as Peter Skudman's son and Michael Skudman's grandson. So, you know, <laughs> I, I was aware that was going to happen when I was a jockey. It was it certainly happened when I was show jumping and eventing and what have you. So, um, no, it's not, never been anything that ever felt like a, a burden on my shoulders. Um, you know, the one thing you do want to do is that you, you don't want to be the one that lets it down. You know, that you don't yeah. want to be the one that's compared, you know, um, in, in favorably. Look, I'm not going to be champion jockey eight times. I might not win a Grand National, but I've ridden a lot of winners. And, you know, there's you, the three of us, there's, there's no real weak link. So that's, that's you know, each in our own way, we've been extremely successful. So, you know, that, that's, that, that's, that's the thing. You, 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 you know, although there's no pressure, in my own mind, I yeah. didn't want to be the one that, that, was, that, that was the odd one out, as it were. No, I can understand that. But... Um... You know, have, you, have your father and grandfather given you much advice as you go along? I mean, it, you know, it must <laughs> must be nice to have yeah, somebody it, with that experience behind it, you. It, it, it certainly was and is. Um, you know, granddad was a man of a few words, and he would you know he'd be a lot kinder than dad. Dad would be quite tough, and 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 um, I wouldn't say he'd be. He'd be yeah, dad, dad could be quite hard, whereas granddad. Grand, uh, grandfathers are, isn't it? Your fathers are hard, and yeah, I suppose your grandfathers yeah. um, have been hard on their sons and, and find it a bit easier their grandsons. And that was certainly the case with with myself. And I, um, you know, and now with say with, with children that are becoming teenagers, I can see <laughs> I can see a lot of my father in myself and granddad now in dad. So um, look, that's you know, yes, I, I got lots of advice off both of them, and and even now I'll, I'll speak to dad the whole time about racing and things but it's it's more about experiences and you know mm. not so much now about technical things it might just be you know um uh, about you know about racing related things and it's always nice to have somebody that's that, that understands that's been in the position you've been in and knows you know the decisions you and things you've got to make he can understand it so that's yeah. that's when we have our, our, our deep and meaningful chats as it were and in 2013-14, you amassed 100 winners, and then the next year, 150 winners. Um, yeah, ride, that was right. Riding for Martin Pipe, who's uh, obviously down our way, our neck of the woods. Um, yeah. 
you know that must have been good but i always remember with martin pipe there was there was always this i don't know if controversy is the right word for it but i always remember um my sister-in-law used to work for ron hodges at uh Somerton. i don't know if you know the name yeah i know i know ron yeah Ron's been a few minutes for ron yeah well um obviously she she was in in the business as it were albeit you know walking in a in a yard but you know she used to say that there was a lot of talk about Martin Pipe had some revolutionary ideas about keeping the horses fit and getting them go to go quicker. Did you find that there? Um, I wouldn't say. By the time I got there, um, he was extremely established. Um, he revolutionised the way the racehorses trained. Um, he you know, before he came along, um, a lot of I suppose the traditional way. Of training a racehorse was doing long, steady work with them, mm. and then you know. You, whereas he came on, came in, and he trained them differently. He would do what you call interval training, but he was doing nothing differently than what athletes had been doing in 1950. So, what uh, the great Polish or Czech runner Emil Zapatek, you know, mm. he he trained yeah. differently to the rest of them, and he, you know, and his records speak for itself, and. You know, Martin Pike was the equivalent. He came along and um, trained his horses slightly differently. He studied, and he actually studied what the athletes and things were training and how they were were, were training, um, and used different methods. You know, he he, he completely ripped up the rule book, um, mm. but no different to any other pioneer um, in in their sport or in their in their field of business. You know, he was he was different to others, and um, you know, his as I say his his record and results speak for themselves um but no, that's that's what he did he, he was a, a pioneer and he completely changed the way um a racehorse is trained more music now and this time it's maggie may from rod stewart of course
Stuart there, of course, with the magical Maggie May. So, w- would it be fair to say then that you 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 must have benefited slightly f- from his uh, his ideas, you know, riding for him? I mean, you would have presumably be riding yeah, more winners well, than I, you would normally. I, 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 yeah, I, I rode. Well, to be fair, I rode really primarily for his son David. So his son David took over, I think, in about two thousand and six. So then, then, uh, although I'd ridden a lot for Martin in my younger years and was basically him as a young man, um, I never. I probably had six months riding a lot of, you know, primarily for him um, mm. up until that point. Um, the last six months, I'd say, of his, of his training career, I was riding a vast majority of, of his horses. Not all of them, and I certainly wasn't stable jockey at that stage, but I was riding a lot of them. And then David took over, and I suppose within six months of David taking over, then I was officially first jockey. Um, but yeah, you know, Dad certainly... Um, Dad certainly uh, benefited from from being associated with Martin Pike, but same way you know, he was he was the best pilot of the time, and 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 Martin snapped him up. So no no different to you know, Lewis Hamilton drive Mercedes or anything like that. Mm. You know, he, Dad put himself in a position to be the best, and the best wanted him. Um, you know, whereas you know then then obviously with with Martin changing everything after about I suppose ten years, everybody started catching up, and now. The likes of Paul Nichols and Nicky Henderson have, have raised that bar again um, mm. in England, uh, sorry, in, in the UK. Um, and then what Gordon Elliott and Willie Mullins have done in Ireland uh, has absolutely, you know, has, has made everybody else look look like amateurs. So, you know, things are always evolving. Things are always changing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, certainly, you know, Dad, Dad certainly benefited a, a, a lot from from Martin. Um, and, you know, growing up and... and, and uh, my, my formative years riding, um, I certainly did too. So, um, you know, the, the Scudamore family over the pipes, and you know, an, an awful lot of debt and gratitude for forever. Well, everything we've achieved um, has been on the back of them, really. Mm. And of course, it, it looks looking at this list of winners here that you um, you've had uh, probably your biggest. I don't know. Um, would I be right in saying the King George was your biggest success in terms of the races that you've won? Yeah, the, the King George be the biggest um, yeah. one yeah that would be one of the jump classics i suppose you'd say the jump classics or steeplechase classics would be um the hennessy gold cup the Mackers, or what they were called originally yeah. the hennessy gold cup the Mackerson king george gold cup grand national and whitbread um and i've been very lucky to win a few hennessy's and and the king george so they they they'd be the the biggest winners of my career um so yeah i've been very fortunate in that respect 
and, and the Thistlecrack in particular, I, I know Colin Tizard and Joe very well because he's been very helpful. Uh, apart from this in conversation program that we do, we, we also do a weekly racing program, and they come on that very often. And uh, you know they've been very helpful, and especially when when um, Colin won the, um, uh, the you know the Gold Cup at Cheltenham and um, Native River won it, and that. I mean I remember the uh, the next year um, he was. He wasn't. I don't think he had much in the next year after Native River won it the first time, apart from Native River. But um, he he volunteered. He said, "Look, I'll I'll go through the whole card for you, if you like, for the radio," which was fantastic. And to get somebody, you know, the the last year's winner, to go through your card on your radio station was great. But unfortunately, the radio station that I was working to at that particular time, the bloke said, "Well." You know, is anyone going to be really interested in this? What you know, we're talking Cheltenham here, with the biggest national hunt meeting in in the in the world possibly. So um, yeah, but he was great, Colin wasn't he? And he always, I mean, obviously now Joe's taken over, but um, he was great. How did you find him? Um, I was uh, Joe and myself go back a long way. Um, I though Joe turned professional because I started riding. Um, he's only a couple of years older than me, and he was. You know, he was the brightest star. Um, you know, when I was when I was growing up, um, he was the leading jockey for Paul Nichols at a very young age, and um, I think he broke the, the record for being a conditional jockey with ninety one winners. So he was somebody I was always a little bit in awe of, um, and was very fortunate to hang on to his coattails a bit. And as a young man, go you know, young teenager, go racing with him and share lists with him and hang out with him. Um, so yeah, so when Colin started training um, when Joe couldn't ride them. I was very lucky that I was able to be put up on a few, and um, I've ridden you know, a lot of winners for, for the Tizard family. And um, yeah, the, the pinnacle of that would have, would have been Thistle Crack. Um, but we've had a lot of big winners together, and um, yeah, Thistle Crack was just was just fabulous. And uh, yeah, they I, I owe, again owe an awful lot um, to, to to them, and their record speaks for itself. Mm. What about Cheltenham? Now you've got you've had ten winners according to this list. I don't know if you had any more since uh, this was done, but um, no. any sort of standout in particular? Um, each and every winner at Cheltenham is a standout in its own right. Um, the Thistle Crack was was fabulous, and Dinast was great. And Western Warhorse, they were all you know, fabulous. The, the most talented one would have been Thistle Crack, um, but the one that meant the most to me would have been Next Sensation. Um, because he was trained by my brother, he won one of the handicaps there. He was trained by my brother. Uh, he was owned by a man whose father was my grandfather's best friend. Um, so it was a really, really amazing thing. So the, you know, the Blanford family, that Mark Blanford, the owned next sensation, uh, was a childhood friend of Dad's. And we had the horse with Michael, and things like that don't really happen. That you know, both our families are very close. Yeah. Um, so for us all to have a winner at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, was extremely special, and uh, yeah, that 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 was the sort of thing that, that shouldn't and doesn't happen. So um, that that would be at the top of the list. I think I'm right in saying, isn't Adagio? That's one of Martin, um, David Pipes, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So you, you've done one for him there. That must have been satisfying for you. But um, you know, is it is there one race that that in your whole career that that stands out and you think, yeah, that that was the one you just mentioned. Um, what was it called? Uh, next, next sensation. Next sensation. Would, would that have been the race, or, or yeah, that, any... that would that, that would be the race. Um, uh, mainly from a a uh, 
you know, romantic point of view. Um, my grand, so next sensation was a winner for my brother at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, he won a handicap there. And the man that owned it, or owns it, owned him as Michael Mark Blanford. And his family is very close to the Skewdermore family. So my gr- grandfather and uh, Mark's father, Roy, were best friends. Dad and M- Mark grew up together. Um, so for him, you know, to, to ride a winner for Michael, to r- ride a winner for the Blandfords at the Cheltenham Festival was incredible. My grandfather and grandmother had passed away, uh, I think, about six months beforehand. So it was it was very, very special. And, um, you know, for all sorts of reasons. Um, that that's been you know, that was that was the one thing that that um, you know, things like that don't don't, don't happen and uh, it was it was incredible that it did and we were we were very very fortunate. More music now and this time it's Pink Floyd and wish you were here.
Pink Floyd there and wish you were here. So, so where are we now then, Tom? I mean, you've, 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 you know, you're an established jockey on the circuit. You do, you know, you ride for one of the top trainers in the country. Um, any ambitions left yet? Oh yeah, there's, there's always ambitions. There's always things you want to do. Um, I want to ride as many winners as I can. I want to ride as many big winners as I can. I'd love to win a Grand National. I'd love to be champion jockey. Whether those things are attainable or not, I don't know. But I'll, I'll, I'll continue to give it my very best shot. Um, I'm fully aware that you know the age I am now. That um, you know I've got more days behind me than in front of me. Um, but you know, it's I've been very privileged to have a fantastic. Um, time race riding um, and I don't want it to stop so I'll, I'll carry on riding for a, as long as I can as long as people are willing to use me and as long as my body um, can keep taking it all which at the moment Touchwood it, it can so um, yeah you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm very realistic but at the same time um, I'm as hungry and determined and I'm enjoying it as much as ever so um, yeah just, just, just I'll just keep my head down and keep on kicking <laughs> yeah how long um i was gonna say how um you know how, how long do you think that you've got left in terms of you know injuries i mean have you had any bad injuries during your career oh, I've had, um, yeah I've, I've, I've got had an injury list um as long as you know <laughs> as, as long as you want to go on for i've been yeah. rabbiting on for quite some time and my my injury list would be would be just as long but yeah um the you know the, the my body's in a good place, so I, I um, work hard at that, keeping it fit and agile and all the rest of it. So um, I feel I don't feel any different to how I did at thirty, um, but I'm, I'm fully aware at some point, you know, that that's that is going to change. Yeah. Uh, but uh, look, it's how long is a piece of string? I just hope that um, you know, I just hope that the decision's mine and not not a doctor's. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's fair enough, and uh, you know. Joe, Joe Tizard in particular now, and just have a quick word about him because you obviously know him well. Um, he looks as though he started off really well, and and you know he's got a, a very bright future as a trainer in front of him. He has, and he's a very intelligent fella, um, very very talented man, very personable um, as well, very hard working. You know, there's no reason why he won't continue the success um, of the of the foundations um, that both Colin and the much missed Kim. Yeah. Um, laid down for him, so you know he's he's you know he knows what he's doing, and, um, and there's there's no reason why he won't continue the success, and if anything, improve on it. So um, it's very very exciting uh, for everybody involved, you know, uh, over event. Will you be riding for him? Uh, I hope I'll be riding plenty for him. Um, I've had three winners already so far this season, so I hope I hope I ride a few more for him. Um, when he wants me and when I'm available and what have you, and I'm sure he will. Um, say, I'm very, very proud of the association um, that we've had together over the years, and uh, I'd love for it to continue. Last musical break now. This time it's got You've Got the Silver from the Rolling Stones. Hey, babe, what's in your eyes? A sword and flash it like a plant. Fill my cup, that's for sure. Let's come back for a little more. 
got my heart, you got my soul, you got the silver, you got the gold, you got the diamonds from the mine, well that's alright. It'll buy some time. stones there and you've got the silver okay then tom well look thank you ever so much for coming on the show you've been uh been brilliant and and it's you know it's, it's it's interesting to hear your story and i'm sure our listeners will be interested to hear it but um you know i, I wish you all the best for the future and all those um those ambitions that you've got lined up let's hope you reach them all <laughs> okay on kicking thank you very much indeed it's been a pleasure okay This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a and you've been listening to the In Conversation program with A.D. Hopper. No space to in this town. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. Yeah.